been talking about my breast cancer journey. I was diagnosed in February, if you're just tuning in, and tonight I have my wonderful husband, David, back on the podcast with me. He hasn't been on the podcast since our episode about finding out we were pregnant, which we recorded back in October, and unfortunately, we lost our baby in early, mid-December, just a couple months before finding out. I have breast cancer. So tomorrow's a huge day. It is chemo day, my first treatment, and I'm very, very nervous. But we're going to talk about that and a lot of other things on today's episode. Hi, friends. I'm so excited you're here. Welcome to the Failing Awesomely podcast. I'm Lindsay Garcia, and I have a desire to share my stories of failure, yes, failure, in business, motherhood, relationships, and while chasing big, big dreams. To say I've taken a lot of risks in my life would be an understatement. Here's the thing. In every failed attempt, there are multiple lessons to be learned, and coming out on top is not only possible, but I can almost guarantee it. Hey, If you fail, that's okay. Learn from it and turn it into something awesome. Hey, babe. Hey, honey. How you doing? I'm okay. I'm hanging in there. Um, I really, really, really wanted to get your perspective on how this has been for you because, of course, I've been pouring my heart out on this podcast and sharing how it's been for me, but it's totally different on the partner's side in many ways. And we haven't talked about that too much at all. Like we're hitting record and doing this podcast, not even really having talked about exactly how this journey has been for you because so much of it is selfishly all about (laughs) how it is for me and everything that I've been through and everything that I've been going through with tests, biopsies, surgeries, and now chemo, if you can give us a little insight as to how it's been for you, that would be awesome. Sure. Um, First, I do want to say I'm very proud of you for doing this podcast. I, uh, I was a big supporter of the idea originally, and with everything that we've been through, I thought maybe it would kind of die off a little bit and you'd put it on the back burner but you have persevered and just been really diligent about you know keeping people informed on what you're going through and I I really do admire that um, like you said you're welcome like I said I or like you said we haven't really prepped for this episode and up until a few hours ago I didn't really know that I was going to do it so well, we had talked about it. We just, I think that you were probably feeling like it's late. We put the kids to bed. We have a really early morning tomorrow. And we had a big, great day, which we're going to talk about a little later. But I, we, we had talked about doing this podcast episode. But I think you probably thought, eh, maybe it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe selfishly did think that it wasn't going to happen because I'm a little nervous. Not going not gonna to lie. You told me to 
you know, be real and raw and exactly. I will. I won't sugarcoat anything. Um, but I am a, a little nervous to get started. It's okay. Feel free. All right. So I guess we can kind of start from the beginning of the cancer journey. Uh, I don't want to get into too much detail, but I remember I was on a trip in San Diego when you called me for the the first time you called me and you said, you know, I don't want you to be alarmed. I have a an appointment, I think tomorrow, but I, I found a lump. And That's right. I forgot that I you was were on a trip. Yes, I was on a trip and I was I was in San Diego waiting for my van shuttle to pick me up and take me to the hotel cuz someone your wife says I found a lump and everything kind of stops. And I was like, okay. And then when you said, well, I don't want you to worry about it. It's probably nothing. And I believed you. And of course, when I got to the hotel, I'm like, we're on the van ride over to the hotel. I'm Googling lumps and this and like, you know, Google going down the Google rabbit hole is kind of the worst thing you can do when you're in any sort of situation that involves cancer total worst thing you can I mean do. even back then it wasn't even cancer yet so we were I was just looking up lumps and then everything was just like cancer you know death rates all kinds of stuff and of course I'm just like uh, you know, two, 2,500 3,000 miles away from you and I just want to go home and figure figure out what's going on anyway so I guess the initial part of learning that you had a lump and then going to the appointments and getting diagnosed it was kind of like a a little bit of a blur for me because I I was reading up on, you know, what bumps were and what they could mean and I was just praying that it was nothing. Like, you know, this is just something that'll pass. Sometimes women have bumps and they go away in a month or two. True. And so I was just praying that and praying for that and Unfortunately, that wasn't the case with with us. And when you got your diagnosis, I I remember listening on your podcast. But I do remember you coming home, or calling me before you came home, and you told me it's not good, babe. And you know, I was with the boys and with your mom, and just trying to keep it together. So then, when you got home, I I met you out front and gave you a big hug, and I said that I couldn't lose you because. In a weak moment, I think I I was scared that I was going to lose you to cancer, just initially what came into my head. And I know that's not the best place to be, but it it goes through, I think, any spouse's mind when they learn that their significant other has cancer. Well, I think when you first hear the word cancer, you think, oh, people die from this. A lot of people die from cancer. Yeah. And that's what was going through my brain I was like oh my god we have cancer and what are we going to do what are are we going to do with the boys what if she has something that is untreatable what if it's you know months what if it's a year I just everything runs through your brain and it kind of it it it's overwhelming and I have that type of personality where if something's on my mind it like consumes me and you can tell if something's up. I know you can now. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to kind of shut that off until I know what, what to do. Like, how are we going to treat this? How are we, how are we going to, you know, fix this? 
And as long as you've known me, I've, I've come, I'm like a fixer. If something breaks, I fix it. If something is wrong, I figure out a way to make it right. And this was one of those things where there was not much that I could do initially. And I think that was one of the hardest things right off the bat. Um, another thing that was really, really difficult, and I know it was difficult for you too, is throughout this entire journey, it's like the the waiting game is so, so hard. It's the worst. I Having feel like to wait for any pathology report. Patholo- anything, pathology, setting up appointments, just waiting for a result from, you know, a a blood test or a path, a path test, like CT scans. At the beginning, we didn't really know how it worked too well. So it was like, okay, you have cancer. Now what? Like, let's get you in tomorrow. Why can't we just get you in tomorrow? But then people were telling us, oh, no, we got to set up an appointment for that. It's It'll be another week or a week and a half, maybe two weeks. And I'm over here like, no, let's get her in tomorrow because if she has cancer, we need to take care of it now. And apparently it doesn't work that way in the cancer scheduling world because they, I felt like it was like 10 years before we'd get our next appointment, our next scheduling anything. And you say that, but we actually got super lucky. I know. Because so many people in the different departments and different doctors were advocating for us and trying to get us in as quickly as possible normally and I just because I haven't explained this and you just did I want to go ahead and mention that when I got my official diagnosis we did that over the phone because there was an opening the very next day with the woman who became my oncology surgeon Dr. K so because she had an opening and that was who the radiologist wanted me to see they jumped on it and they didn't waste any time so we did have moments where we got lucky like that absolutely and I'm I'm very grateful for those moments but there were also a lot of moments where we when we were in a situation or in a state where we don't know what was next, like we didn't know how the breast cancer had spread from the milk ducts, milk ducts to the lymph nodes and you know, what, what we needed to do after that. And when we were setting up second opinion uh, meetings and just, gosh, we were just researching breast cancer doctors and uh, oncologists and just anybody that could give us a second opinion and we just I felt like do you remember it was probably like mid-March you'd already had your double mastectomy and we were searching for second recommendations for your treatment what the treatment was going to look like and I I think it was mid-March it was like a week after your double mass and we were like the one of the top surge or top breast cancer doctors in Philly um, we found him and we wanted to set up an appointment. And they're like, oh, it's not going to be until April 15th. And we were we were looking at each other like, are you freaking kidding me? Mm-hmm. April 15th? Yeah. <laughs> like, how, how are people supposed to be treated by, like, I just don't understand. And my wife could have cancer that's in her lymph nodes that's spreading throughout her body. And we don't have the bone tests and we don't have the, the pelvic and the abdomen tests and we just we don't have anything yet. I just want to talk to somebody else. Are we doing the right thing? I I feel like we were in such a state of 
well, at least I was like, I didn't know what to expect and what to do. And it was hard to put my trust into these doctors and surgeons and just people like telling us everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. You know, you guys are moving along. Well, I, I wanted it to be over. I want you to be cancer free like yesterday. And in those moments where I was told, or we were told that we needed to wait, it was really, really hard to, to take that kind of information. It's, it's, I need action. And I totally understand that. And I, I've had moments of that. I think what I kept hanging on to was the fact that we were told from the beginning, from my biopsy, that my cancer is a very slow growing cancer. It is not an aggressive kind. So that's what kept me from losing my mind during the waiting periods. I, I kind of disagree a little bit with you on that because while it was keeping your mind at ease, I was doing a lot of research behind the scenes of like breast cancer spreading to lymph nodes. And when we got the information about how there were only two little masses and then when we got the pathology report back from your double mastectomy that one was six centimeters, of course, my mind starts racing and going crazy. Like how did it go from two centimeters to six centimeters in the span of less than a month? And if that's the case, it's generating quickly and we need to take care of this now. Why are we waiting two weeks? So that's in the back of my mind. But at the same time, I'm also trying to keep it together so that you don't see that. Because mm-hmm. I think guys who have, um, or husbands who have wives who are going through breast cancer, one of the biggest pieces of advice I can give you is just keep your cool mm-hmm. as much as you can, even if you are having moments where you feel like you're going to break down and lose it. Um, keep it cool if you're in front of your wife, because I mean, I, it's, it's really, really hard, but you have to for your spouse, because if they see you break, then they break. And I'm not saying that I have done this well, even, but I've tried consciously. And there have been many, 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 many moments where I needed to step out because I just, I couldn't, I couldn't in that moment not cry or not feel like, like this, this could take her. And, um, while it's okay to feel those feelings, I know that I'm okay. I know that it's okay to feel that way. I didn't want you to see that because I need to be strong for you and for the boys and for, I mean, for the whole house, mom and brother too, because I feel like they, they kind of vibe off of what I'm doing and how I'm treating you and how we're treating each other. And if I'm having a, a moment of you know, sadness or anger, a lot of the times it's just, it's just better to kind of put that aside for a minute and take care of it later. I have to say you have an amazing poker face, which I know you used to play poker pretty often in college. So, um, you don't have to talk about that, (laughs) but it works because (laughs) all the things that you're telling me, although I can completely understand how you feel, um, I didn't really know. I knew this was hard on you for sure, but I I didn't know that you 
had that many moments like that. Um, A lot of those moments were in the beginning. Okay. When there was so much unknown. Yeah. And like I said earlier, I'm a fixer and I couldn't fix this. And I, I'm also a big researcher. So in this crazy cancer world that we were living in, I was trying to find a, a solution and something that I could do to help you. And then I would read and read and read and read. I mean, I know all kinds of terms now about mm-hmm. cancer and mm-hmm. metastasizing and, you know, just all, all kinds of stuff that I never thought that I would learn about. Anyway, I just, that's how my brain works. And because of that, I just absorbed all this information that put me in like dark places sometimes because a lot of the stuff that you read just kind of takes your brain and takes your mind into just dark places that you don't want to be. And sometimes it just takes a little time to kind of bring yourself out of that. I think for me it was just hard because at the beginning especially I just kept thinking, gosh, like we just lost my mom. We just lost this baby. We kept telling ourselves, 2020 is our year. This is it. Mm -hmm. And then we got cancer. So then my mind shifted from, you know what, 2020 sucks already, but she's, you know, (laughs) she's going to beat it. But then I look at, I I would look at Andrew and Emmett and my gosh, like, what would happen if, sorry, what would happen if mom wasn't here? It's okay, babe. I know you can edit this out. Oh, no, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) I guess I just, I would look at those boys and think, gosh, they they need their mom. And And they're going to have her. I know. Well, I know that. I'm not in that part of the story yet. (laughs) I'm just talking about how initially there was so much that was going through my my brain. Like, how am I going to raise these boys without a mom? And, I mean, there was even a point where you were talking to me about how we need, like, within the next few days, we need to have, like, that serious conversation and then file it away, but we need to have it about what would happen if, if you died or, like, what to do with the boys, what, you know, all kinds of stuff. Luckily, we didn't have that conversation because everything kind of started rolling and, you know, we finally got some good news that the cancer hadn't spread past the... Uh, the other lymph nodes, and we got those CT scan, the body scans, and bone scans all came back looking good. And, you know, things started moving, and now we have the chemo treatment um, in place. And we have a plan. We know what's going to happen, and that's kind of where I like to be living in this cancer world. I would rather not be in a cancer world, but I am a little more comfortable knowing that what we are doing is going to cure you, and you are going to be here. Absolutely. Um, One of the things that I have admired so much about you as we've been going through this journey is your willingness to kind of dive into your faith more. Because even hearing you talk about it now, you know, for me hearing my cancer diagnosis my first reaction was all right god let's do this like i know you're a healer i know you, you know you can take care of this if it be your will so let's do it 
bring it on. Let's go. He takes everything and turns it for good. Any amount of suffering that we have is not in vain. So that's kind of been me all along. And for you, you look at the logical side of things and the facts and the science before you go to faith. And I feel like that's kind of changing. A lot of that has to do because of you. And I I am, and I think a, a part of me will always kind of be the researcher and like to see how things work. But going through this cancer journey has kind of reopened that side of me that I used to have a lot more when I was a little bit younger, but I feel like I've lost it. Um, but just opening up my heart to God and trusting in him. And I think what flipped the switch for me was watching you go through this diagnosis and appointment after appointment after appointment after biopsy after surgery after everything. I just, I would watch you and you had this enormous just peace about you. And I'm over here freaking out, having <laughs> like many meltdowns every other day without you seeing. But I I remember thinking like, how how is she doing that? I I want that. It wasn't until a couple of weeks ago that I ordered a new Bible, and I've been reading it, and it's been. I mean, it's opening up my heart again to trusting in God and. I think I have a lot to I owe the, I owe a lot to you because I just I saw you find that peace in one of the darkest times we've been in and I was I wanted that for myself and I wasn't in a place I wasn't experiencing that and I'm starting to kind of shift like you said uh we've been watching church on TV on Sundays and the church that we watch is really I really love our head, head pastor. He's a Dallas Cowboy fan, which gives me a great Good Lord. He, you know, talking he, he, about the Dallas Cowboys on my podcast. He now. speaks to me, to my heart oh, especially. No, put that aside. He re- <laughs> he really does have a way of of delivering his message and I I feel like every time I I watch him um it just kind of touches me. Yes, and he I, does. He and is I understand. Amazing how I'm supposed to kind of take that information and apply it to everyday life. And with reading this Bible, it's a study Bible. Um, it's called the man, the man's Bible, I believe. And there's a lot of little notes on the side that kind of, after you read part of the scripture kind of gives you little notes on how that would relate to you as a father, as a husband, as a you know son, all kinds of stuff. So I, I really enjoy that Bible as opposed to any other Bible I've ever had. Because I'm now, like, applying it. And, you know, just, I'm kind of new to the whole reading the Bible thing. And what new again. But I am finding a little more peace in our situation because of trusting in him that he's got this. And that, you know, the enemy will try to get into our brains and into our minds and try to bring us down but if we lean on god if we lean in the holy spirit and the lord like we can 
get through anything. Absolutely. With knowing now, because you were able to come to my first medical oncology appointment. Oh my God. That's a whole other thing that we didn't even talk about. Like I haven't been able to go to anything lately. No. So that was the last, before that, all my scans, you weren't able to come with me because that's a few days, like I would say like five days after my double mastectomy was when we started social distancing and I don't think we were necessarily quarantining yet. Not quite. Schools were closing. As it a, was kind of as a county, we happening. weren't, but as a family, we were as a taking family, we were like yes major precautions just because of your cancer. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but for all of, so all of my scans, he wasn't able to come with me. But then for my first medical oncology appointment, they allowed him since this is. I'm newly diagnosed. Oh, that was a pleasant surprise. I actually was not expecting to go into that appointment because Dr. W said that I wasn't going to be allowed. Or they, they said I wasn't going to be allowed. So I dropped you off. Yeah, the institute and then, said you weren't. And then I went and parked. And then I got a call thinking that it was going to be like the teleconference call so I could just listen in. Yeah. And they're like, oh, no, no, you can come in. Like we approved it for, for this meeting. And I was like, sweet. And I was, oh my God, I hadn't shaved in like two weeks. (laughs) I had shorts on. I don't think my socks matched. And I had a shirt that had nasty grease stains on it from the, like the lunch that I had made (laughs) earlier in the day. And I had a hat on. Oh, I looked looked rough. But I was so happy to go in there. And I remember I kept telling everybody, like, I don't usually look like this, guys. (laughs) I I usually get it a little more together. Yeah, for anybody that does not know my husband, he is always dressed way better than me. He he's the he has the good style out of the two of us. So this was a David in very rare form thinking that he wouldn't be leaving a vehicle. But yeah, it was it was great because um you were able to be there, but that was when we first heard the treatment plan for me. Mm-hmm. So because you were there and because you got to hear all of that, how are how are you feeling with me starting treatment? Is there anything that you're kind of like nervous about other than the obvious, which is... Well, I mean, the obvious is, are you going to have days where you just can't get out of bed? Are you going to have days where you're nauseous and throwing up? Or, I mean, there's just so much unknown. Totally. But... I just, I look at you and how much you've already gone through. And I know that even if you do have some of those days during this treatment plan, like everything is going to be fine. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm a little scared. And the, it's, it's never been about like the physical changes about this whole process for me. When you had your double mastectomy, it like never crossed my mind. Like, oh man, you lost those. (laughs) No, it never, I mean, never has been that for me. And going through chemo, if you lose your hair, like it hasn't crossed my mind. Like, well, you lost your hair. That sucks. It, well, it does. It's not something that is important to me anymore. Like, I'm just, I'm happy that you are going to live. And you are going to raise our boys with us 
and like Dr. W said, you're going to see our grandbabies. And that's, that's what I'm holding on to. Like, I don't care about your hair. You can buy a wig if you want, or you can shave your head. I, I don't care. I am just happy that you are here and you will be here. Absolutely. I will be. I'm pretty much um, nervous for the same things. It's just the unknown. I know that I can get through it. I know that God will fight this battle for me. I know that he will make me strong enough to get through it. But not knowing how it's going to affect me is the frustrating part because, and I know I'm getting probably a little gross here, but this is just, this is a great example. Some women, when they're on this treatment, get very bad diarrhea where they get like super dehydrated Mm -hmm. and some women get super super constipated and have terrible stomach pains because they can't go and they didn't know which way they were going to go so they didn't like start stool softeners right away because they thought well there's a chance I could have diarrhea so I don't want to be on stool softener so and some people have like crazy mouth sores some people don't at all Mm -hmm. so it's like it's not knowing how to prepare and then with COVID-19 on top of it it's not like we can just run out to the store and grab whatever we want I mean I guess we technically could but I especially once I start chemo my immune system is going to be a lot lower than normal so I don't want you to just run out to the store to grab something you know I want to make a plan but unfortunately without really knowing what's going to happen it's we've kind of prepared for most things I think but we don't have anything and everything under the sun that could possibly help me with whatever symptoms I have so now my research brain is going to (laughs) turn on and before we go to bed tonight I'm going to order about a thousand dollars worth of no. drugs or ointments or anything that we need on uh, Target or Amazon, some s- stuff that can be delivered in a couple of days because I need to prepare for that. No, that's not why I said all those things. We have a lot of it. I think the only thing that we don't have. I'll well, be researching. I have a test. Stuff that happens during chemo and like which way it could go, and then we'll just get remedies for both. But we have a lot of it, so don't spend a ton of money on stuff. Just side note. Okay. Thank you. On to an amazing thing, though. Um, I had a wig fitting last week, which was super fun. Golden girls. Oh, I did. I felt like a golden girl with a lot of the wigs I have. I've, I and I and I knew this because of my um, pre-op class that I went to before my double mastectomy. I was the youngest person in that class by at least 30 years. <laughs> and I you can tell they cater to a lot of older women. So the wigs that they have, you know, aren't generally like super hip. Um, <laughs> not that I am like the hippest chick on the block or anything. What? What do you want to say? I I think you're extremely hip. Oh, yeah. Mm, thanks. but anyway it still was super fun i had a blast i picked out a wig i haven't ordered it yet but the good news is it takes about a week to come in and for again 
have no idea how this is going to go. But for most people, what I have heard is they start losing their hair two to three weeks after they start treatment. So I shouldn't need it for a little while, which is good. But that was so much fun. I wish David would have been able to come in with me because we would have had a ball. But um, oh, I would have loved to have been there. <laughs> but Carol and I, the lady at the the imaging center, her name center, was Carol. Her name was Carol, of course. Carol and I had a blast. <laughs> oh, Carol. Oh, Carol. So yeah, that was super fun. Tomorrow, yeah, I'm not sure what to expect. Today, earlier today, I had a lot of random breakdowns. A lot. Um. Just, again, because of the unknown of this whole thing. But then my husband and my mom planned the coolest, coolest, coolest surprise for me. And they had friends, family members, and neighbors. And apparently the fire station, local fire station here, (laughs) um, did a drive-by parade for me. And it was incredible. If I I haven't posted anything, David's posted some things. My friend Diana, who's an amazing photographer, she took some pictures and she posted. But I'm going to try to post soon. Actually, by the time this um, this podcast airs, it's going to it'll be up. But check out my Facebook or my Instagram. You will see everything that that they did for me but I want to know how how'd you pull that off like how did that idea start and what did you do well the idea started from your mama we were sitting down I think I think it was after the boys had had gone down and it was one of those rare rare moments where your mom stayed up late which never happens (laughs) never but she told me basically uh, spit out the idea like we should do some something for Lindsay since we can't have like a, a pre-chemo party or we can't have people over to have your like last hurrah before you start your treatment. So we maybe we should do something where people can drive by and, you know, wish her well. And, and I was like, yeah, and then maybe we can make some signs and do all kinds of stuff. So that's kind of how the ball got rolling. She had the idea and she reached out to York immediate family first and then I started reaching out to some of your friends that live locally and then I posted something on the next door app for our particular neighborhood and then when you weren't looking I deleted the next door app from your phone which I didn't notice until today but I knew that an app had been deleted from my phone I'm surprised she didn't notice because she's a next door like she she likes to know what's going on in the neighborhood. I do get on next door, but I've kind of I think with the kids throwing eggs, toilet papering houses. Lindsay's having none of that. No, I'm not ringing doorbells at midnight. Oh no, it's not happening not, at my house. Not on our block. But yeah, I am a next door fan. I love being on that app and looking and seeing what's up. Um, but I I've been so distracted lately that I actually haven't been on it that much at all in the last probably like almost two months. Which worked perfectly (laughs) in this situation because when I posted there, a lot of people locally and in the neighborhood were like, oh, wow, that's a great idea. We don't know you. We live over here on this block. We live over here, but we're coming by. We'll uh, 
know, we'll give you guys a honk. We'll do this. We'll do that. So that's kind of how that started going. And then I kind of, I, you can post on Instagram and share stories by like blocking somebody. So I went in and blocked your accounts and I got blocked. Yeah. Sorry, baby. You got blocked. But I, d- I went and did that, and then I put out more messages. I think a few days ago, like, hey, you know, if you if you can, this is our address. This is what we're planning. If you can swing by, that would be awesome. I know Lindsay would really appreciate it. Then I did again this morning. Uh, blocked you, and then uh, finally, oh, side note, I spent a, the good portion of the early afternoon and midday to like take care of our lawn and mow the grass and do some yard work and I felt so bad and guilty because I I felt like every time I'd come in you were you were looking at me like really this is how you want to spend the last day that I have before I start chemo and I kept asking you like baby are are you okay and you were like yeah I'm fine I'm fine but I knew you were not fine. You were like mad that I was spending time outside. But I was preparing for what was about to happen. Which was awesome. I have to tell you though, that, don't get me wrong. That thought crossed my mind. Like why is he spending so much time outside? I want to like all be together and enjoy the day because I don't know when I'm going to feel this good again. I know what's going to happen, but I don't know when I'm going to feel this good again. And I'm really sorry that I did that. No, no, no. You don't need to apologize. But the majority of what you saw on my face was me being super freaked out about chemo. Okay. It wasn't really like that I was mad at you. It was just, OMG, in how many hours I'm going to be in chemo. Like, I'm going to be in chemo tomorrow at this time. I'm going to probably be driving home from chemo by this time. I'm going to maybe start to feel the side effects of chemo by this time. You know, like, it just, I, I couldn't help it. They were all going through my head today. Um, but, yeah, I really did think it was a super long time for David to be, quote, unquote, working in the yard. I mean, I did do yard work. No, I, I know. I, I, mowed, I, knew you did. I mowed the lawn and I took out a bunch of nasty weeds that are going to be the end of our lawn if I don't take care of them. And then I, you know, filled the holes with some topsoil, but but on top of all that, I I went out into the elements and I had gloves and a mask and I bought all the balloons that the Dollar Tree had that were pink hearts. <laughs> Just I the guy was so funny. I was like, "How many you got?" He was like, "I don't know." I'm like, "I'll take them all." <laughs> so, he he filled those up with helium for me and then I went and bought some more little pink balloons and my plan was to put two little balloons on each of those heart balloons to kind of look like little boobies. <laughs> but the first one that I did, it weighs it down and they don't they don't rise. So I'm like, well that didn't the work. Tata's but you know it's yeah, so and then you have this app on your phone or on your watch that our, your SUV, like anytime the car, the, the car gets turned on or gets parked or does like the doors don't lock, it sends you an alert. It sends me a text, yeah. So <laughs> I I went to the Dollar Tree, which is also next to Kmart, and I parked the car. I guess I didn't lock the doors or something. And then I went to Kmart to see if they had a helium tank so I could fill up these other balloons, but they didn't. And then I came back. And then I went to the hardware store to pick up a little weed tool which was supposed to be the only place that was, he was going yeah so she kind of caught me in a little lie but she t- she called me she's like are you is everything okay you've been out there for a while my 
uh, car app keeps telling me that the, the car is moving. It's moved from this location to this location. Where are you? And I'm like, oh, just let me live my life and plan a surprise for you. <laughs> but anyway, it all worked out well. I got home and did the artwork, and then we put all the balloons out front. And four, it was between four and five is when we told everybody to come over and show their support. And I remember my uh, my Aunt Becky drove by first and we had something that we were going to drop off for her and the boys and then um so i was like eh, i guess you know the cat's out of the bag because she was there and Lindsay came outside oh so also another side note the whole reason like how i was able to keep you inside and not look outside is we were supposed to do like family photos today yes yeah, so i thought what i wanted to do was before I started chemo and before I started to have like physical changes from the effects of the treatment, I wanted to have some family photos taken, just us. Like we have a a decent camera. I just wanted like my mom or my brother to take pictures of David and me and the boys before I start this. Yes. So for those of you who don't know Lindsay, she's not one of those kind of girls who gets ready in like 10 minutes. She's beautiful. There's so there's not many women who get. Ready I know. In I guess I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I'm really sorry. Basically, what I'm saying is like you're. I take my time. You take your time when you when you're getting ready for family photos. It's not something that's going to take you ten minutes. So I used that to my advantage, because I knew that you would be getting ready while I was able to set up the front. True, and you set up the front really beautifully with all the balloons, and you used chalk and wrote faith over fear in pink Mm -hmm. and then what'd you write at the bottom god bless something or i wrote a thank you note to the people who were driving by oh yes thank you thank you god bless that's right yes so it was really really beautiful and awesome and i was glad that you did it today and used the opportunity that i wanted to take family photos because I had my makeup done. <laughs> I actually got dressed out of my pajamas. Like a two-bird situation. Like it would have been a, my hair looks like a mess, no makeup, pajama. Maybe I would have brushed my teeth. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, we, we were originally going to do family photos on Saturday, but then it rained yesterday. Yes. So, so it worked out. The good Lord, he was on, he was helping me out with this one because... You know, I mean, you would have looked beautiful in your pajama pants that are way too big for you and, you know, your hair all crazy. But <laughs> for your sake and for the photos, like, you know, everybody kept I saying, really wow, look at you. It. You're all dolled up. I know. Everybody and, and kept then, saying and that. And Lindsay's I like, like, I, I thought we were going to have family photos. <laughs> I didn't really know this was going to happen. It I'm not also, that vain. It all, no, what's funny about that is it kind of proved to me like, my neighbors have seen me looking rough <laughs> because yeah. they're like, oh my gosh, you look so pretty. You like, like you got all dressed up. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. It was, it was great to see everybody. It, it was. Anyway, so everybody showed up and, you know, family came by. Uh, a lot of our neighbors in the neighborhood drove by. So many people brought gifts or cards. So many kids handmade cards. I mean, it was so beautiful and so amazing. I feel so loved. Um, yeah, it was great. But I just, it had to have been because of next door. But I want to know how the fire department heard about it. 
that was and you, you don't that, know that was a shock to me as well i had no idea that was going to happen when the fire we had four fire trucks four. roll by our house and you know wish lindsay well and show their support and i had no idea that was going to happen when that when that happened i i definitely got choked up and i was just shocked that and people went all out. I mean, we had a neighbor who was dressed as a superwoman. Yes, she came in a superwoman outfit. People had like confetti or not confetti, but what's that party string? Silly string. No, not silly string, honey. Like um, paper mache party streamers. 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 Like that, that kind of thing. You're not talking my world. That's your mom's department. Sorry. Anyway, they decorated their cars. Everybody had signs. It was so emotional and so amazing. And I was so grateful that there was, we have a little bit of video that you took, but my na- between my neighbor and um, my friend, Diana, th- taking pictures, we have these amazing moments captured. And I will never forget it. I'm... Um, I'm just so grateful to everybody who came out to that. And, you know, tomorrow it's, I'm just, I know that the Lord is going to be with me and that's what I hang on to. And um, we're going to get through this. Yes, we are. Chemo tomorrow. And I'm right now, my biggest prayer is that by next Sunday or at least sometime before next Wednesday I'm well enough to record a podcast to let y'all know how my (laughs) first week after chemo went because I do want to keep you guys updated but thank you guys so much for everything for all of your support thank you babe for coming and doing this with me today it really means a lot to me thanks for having me I know that there will be a lot of people that learn from this and or that can relate they've gone through it So um, thank you guys so much. I will see you next week.